human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. From WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, it's the Christie Tracker. What the hell are we paying you for? Somebody like you who doesn't know a damn thing about what you're talking about. I'm a nice guy. Ask anybody. Well, not anybody, but um, sit down and shut up. I'm David First. We're in the State House in Trenton this week, along with Matt Katz, who covers Governor Christie for WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, and Tom Moran, the editorial page editor for the Star-Ledger. We'll also be joined by WNYC reporter Jessica Gould, who covers politics and public finance. With national attention focused on Chris Christie's presidential chances, now enters the governor's annual state budget. And the mess he's facing is ugly. The pension fund is sucking the budget dry. The fund to fix potholes and dilapidated bridges is broke. Atlantic City is going the way of Detroit. And Tom, I I know we're here to talk about next year's budget, but this week a judge ruled that Christie broke the law when he shortchanged the pension payment. And now we owe $1.6 billion by June 30th. Yeah, that has everyone here worried. It's pretty much a catastrophe if the state doesn't win this on appeal. Because what the judge has said is that the promises made in that 2011 pension and health reform, which Christie has broken by saying we don't have enough money to keep that promise and make deposits in the pension fund, the judge ruled that promise amounts to a contract. So the state has to put $1.6 billion extra in during the current fiscal year, which we have four months left in. That would forced dramatic cuts across the board in every program you can imagine. So everyone here is quite nervous about that. Everyone here quite nervous. Uh, Matt Katz, walking around the building here, most people think that's just not going to happen. We're not going to be finding that 1.6. You would have to go into schools. You'd have to cut school funding. You'd have to cut uh, aid to municipalities. Uh, The only other option would be to raise taxes. And there is no way in hell that guy is raising taxes on anybody. He made that very clear. Um, So there's a potential catastrophe, uh, sure. But if he somehow were to pull this off, I mean, if he were to somehow make a deal with the NJEA, uh, the teachers union and the CWA, which is the state employee union, that would make the pension fund more solvent, that would not require raising taxes, that would not require crazy mid-year budget cuts, uh, that would just be, it would be incredible. I mean, it would, if some think his presidential run right now is on the ropes, that could potentially save it. You're a silver lining guy. Well, I, I mean, these these are the possibilities. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily bet on it. <laughs> I wouldn't bet my pension on it. I don't actually have a pension, but if I had a pension, I, I wouldn't bet on it. But it's plausible. He showed himself in the last forty eight hours to be a little bit more deft than his counterparts on the union side. They were not anticipating that he was going to come out with a speech today and say that he basically made a deal with them. He has not made a deal with them, but. But he that was the way he he sort of stated it. I am pleased to announce today that the commission, with my support, has reached an unprecedented accord with the NJEA on a roadmap to reform to solve our long-term problems with the pension and health benefit systems. The NJEA did say, hold on, we're, we're not partners yet. We're just talking. Uh, this doesn't quite rise to the level of dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria, as foretold in Ghostbusters. But still, uh, what does this mean? These are two sides that have been so critical of each other. It means they're talking. It means they're negotiating. It means that they have agreed on some basic elements of a plan to go forward. But the big sticking points in terms of 
who in the world's going to pay for this and who's going to pay for pensions going forward, that's still out there. But still, the fact that the governor got the NJEA to put ink to paper yeah. is pretty significant. It is. It is, uh, for sure. I mean, these these are they wouldn't communicate. I mean, the governor wouldn't even, when he was running for office for the first time in 2009, he didn't even meet with them for their endorsement. Imagine if I had told you this five years ago, that five years later, after years of disagreement, and yes, at times, acrimony between this administration and the NJEA, that we would come together one week before this budget address on a negotiated and signed by both parties, roadmap to fix the largest hurdle to New Jersey's long-term fiscal stability. But according to the NJEA, he has overstepped the nature of their relationship. This is like, uh, you know, he's on Facebook saying they're in a relationship and the NJEA still has, you know, it's complicated under their, uh, under their status profile. This is the Christy Tracker Podcast. I'm David First, along with WNYC's Matt Katz and Jessica Gould and the Star Ledger's Tom Moran. And here's New Jersey Assembly Speaker Vincent Prieto during his post-budget speech response. I was disappointed not to hear any talk whatsoever of transportation trust fund, something that we can't push off as he talked about other things when he was talking about the pension. And uh, we have to take care of what other people haven't done. Transportation trust fund is one of those. You cannot, cannot blame public employees again. When you did reforms, and this was the best thing since sliced bread, and you took it out to the nation that this was monumental reforms that were done, and a year ago you were still touting this, and then suddenly you got one tire fell off your bus, that doesn't mean you scrapped the whole thing. Everyone says everything's going to be so much better uh, once the economy improves. The magic element in all of this. Uh, Jessica Gould, compared to New Jersey, the New York economy is booming. New York City, New York State are in the black. What is it? about New Jersey. Why is the state not keeping up? New Jersey just hasn't recovered from the recession the way other states have. New York City and New York State especially have rebounded, but its unemployment rate here in New Jersey, it's higher than the rest of the country. It's lagging in that recovery compared to the rest of the country. Also, New Jersey doesn't have Wall Street, which is a big driver of New York City's growth. And it hasn't benefited from quite the windfall of bank settlements that gave a boost to New York's budget this year. Another thing that New York has done better than New Jersey and New York City, too, is they don't overestimate their revenue the way that New Jersey does. Governor Christie has had to deal with a shortfall over and over again. And that leads to last-minute fixes or not fixes, like cutting the pension payment. Lately, New York State and New York City have underestimated their revenues. The pension problem is a real problem. Every increase in the dollars devoted to pension and health benefits is a decrease in dollars invested in other priorities that you all talk about on the floor of this chamber and the Senate. Matt, a lot of people in the building here saying uh, this wasn't so much uh, a budget speech, but uh, a speech about uh, the pensions. Very little about anything beyond pensions and a little bit about health benefits. There was a big 
piece of good news in the budget that the governor, for some reason, uh, forgot to mention, thanks to Obamacare and his decision to accept Medicaid expansion under Obamacare, uh, the state has an extra $150 million this year. He, he might as well just hug Obama again, though, right. going down that road. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's had to leave today his speech and go down to the White House and go and hug Obama for giving him Obamacare. But yeah, it, it so far, at least in terms of that line item, uh, Obamacare is done good for Chrissy's budget. Well, we have a lot to sort through this week. We are only scratching the surface here. Thanks uh, for speaking today. Tom Moran, editorial page editor for the Star-Ledger, WNYC's Jessica Gould, and uh, Matt Katz, reporter for WNYC, New Jersey Public Radio, who also runs the Christie Tracker website. See you next week. Thanks, David. Okay, we'll see you, Dave. The Christie Tracker podcast is a production of WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio. Thanks to Executive Vice President Dean Capello, Vice Presidents Chris Bannon and Jim Schachter, and New Jersey Public Radio Managing Editor Nancy Solomon. Our theme music is by 29-Hour Music People. You can subscribe to the Christy Tracker podcast on iTunes, and you can follow Matt Katz on Twitter at MattKatz00, that's Matt, K-A-T-Z, or you can follow Tom Moran at Tom A. Moran. I'm David First. Till next week. I will never ever give up on New Jersey.